Blog Talk Radio. All right, folks, let's stand together. Let's take us a songbook out and let's turn to number eight. Number eight in our songbook this morning. Singing together, bringing in the sheaves. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy Waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheep, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, fearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze. By and by the harvest and the labor ended, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, going forth with weeping, sowing for the master, though the loss sustains our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome, we shall come rejoicing, Bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. Amen. I sang that when I was a little kid, and I thought, what is a sheep? Amen. I thought I was singing, bringing in the sheep for a long time. But sheaves, sheaves of wheat, Jesus likened lost sinners to a ripened field of grain, ready to be picked. And he pictures us gathering those sheaves in the bund- uh, gathering the wheat, tying it up into bundles and bringing it in to the barn. In other words, winning souls and getting them into the family of God. And that's what that song's all about. Amen. It's good to be in church this morning. Good number turnout this morning. I'm, pr- I'm pleased to see so many folks. Good to see folks back that hadn't been here. Good to have Scott back. He's been sick and forever, it seems like, since August, since he's been here, he said. And I didn't think it'd been that long, but it's been a long time. But we're so glad to have him back this morning and able to be with us. And sure good to have Erica and the bunch back from Oklahoma. And that kind of y'all kinda of got tangled up and got split up there for a little while with all the COVID and everything. We're sure glad to have y'all back. We miss y'all being here. Good to see you, Miss Linda. Amen. Glad to have y'all back. This morning, amen. Good to have Stephen back there, amen. It's good to be in church. The rest of you, I'm glad y'all are here too, amen. Amen. Y'all pray for me today. I, I put on a hoodie yesterday on the side of the road, and my glasses flung off and hit the ground. They shattered, and so I'm with readers this morning. So pray that doesn't hinder me. Pray, I pray I, I don't be hindered at all by that. Uh, prayer request this morning. Yes, mom. Yeah. Tuesday of this week, he's going to be a little while having his pages on the fan. He's got a hole in his heart. Yeah. Please be in prayer for him. How old is Joe? 21. Pray for him. Pray for God. To God's mercies. Uh, I want to share something with you. Glory. I shared this Wednesday night. I didn't tell you who it was. But uh, Wally Langford came to see me this week. And uh, I ain't going to tell you the whole story. But I, y'all know Wally's been struggling for a long time, and we've been praying for him. And uh, God used something. God will use strange things sometimes to get your attention. God used a fishing scam to get a hold of Wally, and uh, and it scared Wally to death. And God and 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 Wally told me he said, "Don't make no difference what it was." He said, "He said all I know is I turned around." And I told God I've committed the rest of my life to him, and I'm going to live. Whatever that means, he said, I'm going to go forward holding his hand, doing whatever he wants me to do. So I just praise God for that. And you know what? He came and told me. He came and told me about it on February the 2nd. Okay? You say, what does that got to do with anything? 
Well, if you look on if you look on my my Brown Bible, there's a date on the front of it. It says February second, nineteen ninety six. February second, nineteen ninety six is when God did the very same thing in my life. And I don't think it was insignificant that He brought my friend who I've been praying for for a long time, Wally Langford, set him down in front of me and tell me about something that God had did in his life, which is nearly identical to what He did in my life on the same anniversary of the date that He did it in my life. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I just want to give God glory. He's so good. Amen. God's so good. He's so merciful. And don't quit praying for people because you never know how God will, how God will use something to bring them back into his presence. And I just praise God for that and look forward to seeing what God's going to do with Wally. And uh, all right, another prayer request. Mm-hmm. Oh, mercy. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that uh, yeah, that happened. That's happened to people in my family. It's terrible. We're praying for praying for that family. Um, please pray for a fellow from Paris I've known forever. Uh, his name's Carl Cullum. His wife Tina watches our service regularly, and she's probably watching this morning. But Carl had some heart surgery done over in Dallas, and they couldn't get his kidneys to wake back up, so they've had to put him on dialysis. And I know that that was not expected, and, and I know that that's not what they want. So pray that his kidneys will start functioning again and he's able to come home and have a good quality of life. And, and pray for her because she's struggling watching him go through that. Um, I'm trying to think. Also, my son, Ace, uh, this week he had a diverticulitis bout. He'd never had that before. And, uh, and he had a hole, a little small pinhole in his colon that was leaking and, and uh, anyway, they sent him home from the hospital. They were so overrun with COVID. They just gave him a bunch of antibiotics, sent him home. And uh, but he he told me he told me last night. He said he said it's just a little tender. He said I want to eat spicy food, and I'm scared too. So he said please pray for me. <laughs> but anyway, he's feeling good enough to think about eating spicy food. He's gonna be all right. So I thank you for your prayers and just the overwhelming support of people out there that pray for you. Just sometimes just blows me away. And I'm just so grateful for all all prayer warriors. Anybody else? Anything else? Charlotte, okay, I didn't see you, sister. Unspoken. Unspoken, all right. I know there's probably others that I'm forgetting to pray for, but God knows who they are, and God factors that in, so let's just remember all those we can't remember. Amen? All right. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I did that on purpose because I got to noticing when I watched the videos back, everything's in reverse. I'm left-handed on the video, and I'm not left-handed. And uh, and so I figured out, I mean, I know I'm dumb when it comes to technology, but I figured out if you turn the camera around, then, it, then it's not mirrored. So that's why we're looking at it like that. But but uh, I've got some maps that I wanted to use. I borrowed some maps from a friend of mine yesterday. I was going to use them during the sermon to show you where all Paul went, but I drove off and left them this morning. So I didn't want the map to be backwards. That's why we're doing it that way. So. Anyhow, that that explains that. Turn to number 30. Let's send the the light. (laughs) There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. God's full light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed God's full light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light, and a 
an offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may everywhere abound. Send the light, send the light, and a Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Amen. Praise God. You know, that song's going to relate to our message this morning. I won't tell you right now, but anyway, 331, but it relates to our message. 331 is written out of a text that we're going to be studying today. Beneath its folds and 
and to crown him king, toil and sing, beat the banner of the cross. Over land and sea, wherever man may dwell, make the glorious tidings known. Of the crimson banner, now the story tell, while the Lord shall claim his own. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but long. And to crown him king with toil and sing, neath the banner of the cross. When the glory dawns, his crawling very near, it is hastening day by day. Then before our King the foe shall disappear, and the cross the world shall sway. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but loss, and to crown him King will toil and sing, meet the banner of the cross. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in church. I tell you, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a house of God where I'm... Yes, sir. Okay. Sure. Amen, brother. We're glad you're here. Yes, sir. Big deal. 
So he did, and we're going to move on from that. I want you to look at chapter 16. We're going to be looking this morning at verses 6 through 12, 6 through 12, and uh, we're going to look this morning at his journey to Macedonia. All right, I was going to bring my map this morning. I, a good friend of mine, he actually discipled me in the Lord whenever I surrendered to God, Brother Don Parker and his wife Gloria in Paris. They, they took me in and, and, and discipled me properly, and I'm very thankful to Brother Don. He's gone on to heaven, but I talked to my friend Mike Clark, who pastors the church, Spring Lake Baptist in Paris, and I said, I'm looking for some maps on a stand. I said, you know where I, you know anybody's got any? He said, yeah, Don Parker used to go to church here, left his here, I'll ask his wife. So they were, she was thrilled I was going to be using them because they're good friends of mine. But I didn't have it this morning, so we're going to do it without the map. So we're going to we're going to talk about his journey from when he left there in Iconium. All right. So let's read verses six through twelve, and then we're going to get into the message. All right. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, and after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to bless the message. Father, I need you this morning. Now, Lord, I come before you and I, I lay myself before you and I ask you please to to anoint me with Holy Ghost power, to use me this morning for Christ's honor and glory. I pray tonight, uh, this morning, Lord, that you use me for the edification of your people. Lord, those in our midst and, Lord, those who are listening in, Father, I pray for those around the world, Lord, that need Jesus. Lord, I pray for folks this morning, Lord, that pastors who are preaching the truth from the pulpits of, uh, of America and around the world, Lord, that you give them Holy Ghost power and unction. Lord, our world is dying. Our world is drowning in sin. And we need preachers who will lift up the truth valiantly. Lord, I pray, give them, give them boldness and give them power. And work. Work in the lives of people. Father, work in our midst today here at Temple. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to give you glory. Lord, help us to learn from the scriptures and how you dealt with Paul and Silas and Timothy. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us wisdom from the scripture today. And we'll give you glory. We'll give you praise, Lord, because we know it's not us. It's all you. And we thank you for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I know we read that and you say, what are you going to pull a message out of there? Because it was just a whole lot of travel instructions, wasn't it? But believe you me, there is a message amongst travel instructions. There's a message here. And we're going to see it this morning. And what I want to show you this morning is a lot of times what we think is going to be the way things are going to go is not the way God plans for things to go. And, and a lot of times people mess up as believers because they think they can figure God out. They think, oh, I know God well enough. I can guess what he's trying to do in my life. Oh, I see clues. So maybe God's doing this, so I'm going to jump and do that. Don't think you can outsmart God. You cannot outsmart God. You can't outthink God. You can't outguess God. And don't get discouraged when God doesn't do it the way you want to do it. God has a plan that's greater than ours. And that's really a simple truth that we're going to learn this morning. Because a lot of people get disappointed in life and they set out to live for Christ because it doesn't go their way. It's never going to go your way because you're not God. And you don't know the best, what's best for you. So let's get into it this morning. And I'll try to get us out of here just a few minutes early. If it's possible, I don't know if it's possible, we'll try. Amen? So let's look at number one. The first thing we see when it comes to their travel, it's in verse one. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia. So I, I can't really show you on a map, but I can tell you that they, they left here 
and they went there, okay? They went northwest. They went, they went up into, from Iconium, they went northwest into, and Lystra, they went into Phrygia and the region of Galatia. Now, when I say that, Phrygia and Galatia are not cities that they went through. They're kind of like territories. It'd be like saying, you know, they left there and, and, and they went through Red River County and all of northeast Texas. Okay, so understand it. It's just a journey they're going through, and they're passing through territories. It's not big cities or anything. Uh, so, but in another thing, I noticed in our text here uh, this morning is that there's not really a whole lot of details given related to ministry in this. Doesn't show us that they did anything. I mean, they they had to uh, they had to have been established churches in the area of Galatia and that that, that area there. Because Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians, and we have it in our Bible. And, and, and it would have been a general letter that he wrote, not just to a church, one particular church that was there in that region, but to a bunch of churches that were scattered throughout all that region. So he wrote that, that again, that epistle. to. The, so there were churches there, but God said, don't go there. They were forbidden, forbidden by the Holy Ghost of God, to preach the Word of God in Asia. Now, that, that's a head-scratcher for me. If I was Paul, I would have probably been doing some of this. Now, God, you told me to go preach the Word. Why are you telling me now not to preach the Word? This don't make sense. You know, oftentimes God don't have to make sense to you. Did you know that? God doesn't always have to make sense to you. You sometimes, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Boy, that's a powerful verse. Because don't we often do that? Don't we often lean and rest on our own understanding? God says, don't do it. You're foolish to do that because you don't know what I'm doing, he's trying to tell us. <clears throat> so, they're forbidden. God says, don't do it. So it would seem that they were trying to go southwest, or they wanted to go southwest, maybe into the area of Ephesus and Philadelphia, Pergamos, Smyrna, where we know that later on the gospel was preached and had a great impact, and there were a lot of churches established there. And, you know, we know that because Jesus addresses those seven churches in Asia in, in the second chapter of the book of Revelation, second and third chapter of the book of Revelation. So... And this area is a heavily populated area. And it would seem a very logical place to go to take the gospel. I mean, it would really look prosperous. So, wow, we can do some good here. And God said, don't do nothing. Just go. Just travel. Just travel. That's all you need to do. So they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost of God. Those are, that sounds strange to me, doesn't it, you? They're on a message to preach the gospel, and God says, you are forbidden to preach the gospel here. So how how did he forbid them? I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was somebody prophesied somewhere and gave him a word of prophecy and said that you shouldn't you shouldn't preach here. Uh, you know the first missionary trip was launched as a result of the gift of prophecy. The Spirit of God spake and said, "Separate to me Barnabas and Saul." for the work that I've called them to do. You know, so the first one was performed that way. So maybe. Maybe it was the gift of prophecy that, that came about that, that, that told him don't do it there. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, maybe maybe it was Paul getting sick. Uh, maybe he was too sick to journey. Because in his letter to the Galatians, he talks about his infirmities, which he experienced while he was there with them. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he had a sickness. Uh, maybe Maybe he was physically incapable for a little while and not able to travel. And he looked on this illness as, sign from God. Maybe I don't need to do anything right now. Maybe I just need to hold up. I don't know for sure exactly what kept Paul from preaching there, but God forbid him to, and he communicated that to him in some way. And God does. He speaks to us in all kinds of different ways. I was talking about my friend, how God dealt with him and used a fishing scam to get a hold of him. So we just don't ever know how God's going to to, to show us something, but we're, we ought to seek to hear God's voice no matter what situation. We ought to be listening for God's voice. We ought to be looking for God's voice. 
God has a lot of different ways of directing us. Sometimes he brings unexpected things across our path and slows us down. Maybe you go out, go somewhere in the morning, and you turn the key and the battery's dead. Maybe you have a flat tire on the side of the road. You know, oftentimes that happens. We get mad and we say, I don't want why is all this happening to me? We don't know. Maybe there's a wreck down the road you're going to avoid. Maybe there's a fire somewhere that you won't be in. Maybe there's God saving you from a confrontation with somebody. We never know. But maybe he's speaking to me. You know, when he gets your attention, he may be preventing something in your life. So so understand that. And, and God may have been preventing something atrocious from happening in Paul's life. We get upset sometimes when bad things happen and they keep us from doing something that we plan to do. We get mad. We don't understand why it has to happen. But God knows what he's doing. And God's in control of us. God sees the bigger picture that we don't see. So you know what I've learned to do? I try. And my wife's standing in the back of the room. I don't want to tell a story. I try. Hear me. I try not to let things really disturb me and bother me. Little things do sometimes. I hear giggling, you know, see. Little things annoy me. It's the little things that get me. It's not the big things usually. The big things usually I say, God's in control. We're going to make it. It'll be all right, don't I? It's the little things I get irritated by. But the big things, the the major things, I, I usually say, you know, God has a plan. God's working us out. And I always bring those words uh, forward that God didn't bring me this far just to leave me now. Amen? Always remember that whenever you're when you find yourself in a in a in a in a spot where you're just kind of idle and, and, and you don't feel like God's doing anything in your life, perhaps sin has entered in and, and, and separated you and God for a while until you come back to him in repentance, or maybe it is God just allowing a time of wasting in your life for a reason, a rest. Sometimes God does that. Um but, you know, like I said, I don't let, I try not to let disturbances disturb me. And the person that's always disturbed is the person who never wants to be disturbed. So disturbances always disturb them. I mean, <laughs> I mean listen, and again, and life is full of them. Life is full of things that are going to disturb you. And, uh, but we want to be led by God, right? So Paul later writes to the Romans, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So he's seeking to be led of God. I want to be led by God. Don't you want to be led by God? Amen. So we've got to listen to him and not look at circumstances and let circumstances direct us. I mean, do you think bosses like, and I know Donnie works up there at McDonald's. Would you like it? I mean, you're a manager, right? You're not a manager? Okay. Well, you know the bosses, okay? You know the bosses pretty well. Would the boss like it if you came in and told the boss what you were going to do? No. You say, hey, I'll fight today instead of doing it like you want me to. I'm going to do it this way. That ain't going to fly, is it? No. You know what? God doesn't like that either. God doesn't like for us to tell him what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. I, I want. I, I, God wants us to come to him and ask him, Lord, will you have me to do this? Is it okay if I do this? Lord, I, I feel like you're leading me in this direction, but I want to be careful to make sure that's what you're wanting me to do rather than what I want to do. We ought to ask God before we do anything rather than tell God what we're going to do and tell him to bless it. God, I've made up my mind what I want to do. Don't you go get your rubber stamp and you put your seal of approval on my plan, God. That's what a lot of people do. i never forget years ago when I was sitting in my office and a lady who'd been going to church for a while, this is years ago, this is probably... We're talking 20 years back. A lady had been going to my church for a while. She had two sons. They were both very young, probably both of them 10 and under. And she was a single mother. But all her family were military. And she came to me one day, and she said, Brother Brandon, she said, I think God wants me to go to the military. And I said to her, why would you think that God wants you to do that? She said, well, I've prayed about it, and I've got peace. I said, well, how can God give you peace about that when you've got two sons that need their mama? And you're talking about going off and serving in a, in a, in a, in a position, a military position, and really God designed man to do, and you're going to go off a female and go 
go be a soldier and leave your kids behind. How could God be in that? It'll take you out away from God's will, take you out of church. It's going to be hard on you. How can you? But you know what? No, no amount of wisdom would sink through her noggin because she had already made up her mind. That's what what she was going to do, and she used the God. God's okay with it because I got peace. You know that. You better watch that saying. You got peace about something. I'm going to tell you. I, I don't want to say I got peace about something unless I know it's something in the will of God. Okay. If it's something that's not inside God's will, I don't want to sit here and proclaim that I've got peace about something. I can, I can say I have peace all day long, but that doesn't mean God wants it. But, again, I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't want to be leading God around telling God what I'm to do. Amen? So let's look, number two. All right? Let's look there in the, uh, let's look there in verse, yeah, it's in verse seven. All right, after they were come to Mysia. So 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 they left and they went they went to uh, they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and they couldn't preach there. So now they're come to Mysia and they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the spirit suffered them not. So here they are, they're going to go to this they're going to go forward to this place called Mysia and they decided then that they would go that that they would go north into Bithynia, which is the area around the Black Sea, also a very heavily populated area. Of course, Paul wants to go and witness to the most people that he can. He wants to go where all the people are at. And again, the Spirit of God said, no, you don't go there. This is getting confusing. We're on a missionary journey. We're on a, God, we're on a missionary journey. On a missionary journey, we're not just here to sightsee. We're not just here to try to stay with people and hang out and have a good time and sit on the porch and talk and chew the fat and whittle and, and, and go on down the road and do that somewhere else. No, we're out to win people to Jesus, God. This is not, if this is not your business, the Spirit of God said, don't go there. Don't go there. So, see, what, what does that mean? What does that bring me to? That brings me to this. Our plans are not always God's plans, even though it looks like it would be God's work. You understand? You can say, well, that was God's work. That was God's work he was trying to do. But God wasn't going to work there. You say, well, there's an open mission field right there. But if God is not going to work with you there, you're wasting your time. <clears throat> but, we, I mean, we really don't know why God, why, why God stopped him other than he didn't want him to go there. God closes doors on our plans. Why? Because he has a better plan. God doesn't close the door on our plans so he can put us in some miserable position. God's got something better, amen? God, God's, planned our, God's got our life planned out. He knows the, the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So therefore, God knows what's best for you and me and not you and me. We don't know. So he, again, we don't know what he did to stop him from going to Bithynia, but he stopped him from going there. And usually we get so determined we're going to do something. We make up our mind we're going to do something. We ignore all the warning signs. We ignore all the red lights and the stop signs. And we usually just plow right on through. And where do we find ourselves? Right in a mess. And how did I wind up here? God, why don't you let me get here? Why don't you allow this to happen to me? Don't we do that? Like it's all God's fault. God, why don't you let me do what I wanted to do? That's what we're basically saying. We find ourselves in that mess. Why didn't you stop me from making a fool out of myself, God? It's all free will, isn't it? Amen. That's why God ain't going to stop you. God, when you get there, God will say, now, look here. If you hadn't gone here, you wouldn't be in this mess. Follow me, and I'll take you back where you ought to go. But we usually end up in big trouble when we insist on doing things our way rather than seeking God's way. So passing by Mythia. They ended up at Troas. Now, at Troas, something powerful is going to happen. Paul goes to sleep one night, and he has a vision. And in this vision, there's a man in Macedonia calling to him and saying, we need your help over here. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay, send the light. So we're going. God says, hey, God says, come on over here. 
We need you. It was. It left no question as to how the Spirit was leading them at this point. It makes sense. That's why we didn't go up yonder. Because God had somewhere else for us to be that we didn't even know about. If Paul had known that that's where God wanted him to go in the beginning, then Paul would have gone that course. I know that because Paul's heart, it was beating for God. He wanted to please God. But God decided to give it to him supernaturally by a vision. Now let me say this. God doesn't have to give us visions in this day and time to lead us. We have the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God was not finished at that time. God used all kinds of things to deal with men until the Word was finished. But once the Word was finished, it is the authority. God doesn't have to give you and me a vision. God, again, we have, the problem is most of us don't listen to His Word. That's the problem. That's why we get so off track. If we would just listen to it, it would lead us. But we're too busy listening to everything else in this world, and we can't hear God. That's what's wrong today, my friends. One of the tragedies of this day and time that we live in, these modern days of technology, is we have become too full of information. And our brains are so occupied that God has a difficulty in getting us alone for a brief moment where he can get through to us. How does God speak? In a small, still voice. A small, still voice. I'll never forget years ago, I, uh, when I first started out in the ministry and I took some boys to a Christian rock concert before I had any sense and didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing back then. And I remember being in that auditorium, that loud music blaring, and I just realized, you are in the wrong place, son. I remember just looking up to the ceiling and saying, God, are you even in this place? Because I sure don't feel you here. And I remember that verse, that verse, the Holy Spirit brought that verse mind about the small still voice and I thought there's no way these kids are, are are communicating with God in this place that's why there was fights breaking out everywhere that's why there was drugs everywhere in a Christian concert but like I said we're living in an age I talked to you about this other day Donnie when I talked about that Rolaids commercial how used to the commercials were one shot, one camera, one message, and then you were done. And you learned about the product, and that was it. Now you don't even know what you're watching. I tell you, you watch a commercial these days, you don't know what they're selling. They, they, it's either confusing or it's so fast, you don't even get it. it. You know, the devil does that on purpose. It's his mechanism. He trains us to go so fast. And he trains us with this technology. I'm telling you, the devil uses this technology. I sit sometimes reading my Bible, and I try to scroll on the piece of paper. You ever done that? Come on, somebody admit it, so I'm not the only one. You tried to scroll a piece of paper, right? It's technology ruining us, amen? Instead of turning the page, I'm trying to flip the text up, amen? But but God, God he, has, he doesn't have the room in our lives that he used to have in our parents' and our grandparents' lives. Well, I mean, listen, when you're out there on the farm behind the mule plowing a row, I mean, you got plenty of time to think on God. Amen? When, you, when you're working out in the woods felling trees, you got plenty of time to think on God. When you're standing there all day and there ain't no TV because the TV ain't been invented yet and there ain't no radio, it's just you humming a song to Jesus, washing dishes in a little country kitchen, there was plenty of time to think on the Lord. But this day and time we live in, everything's super fast. And it's deteriorated our time with God. But I have, having said all that, I think that's part of our problem in this era we live in. But Paul and, Paul and, 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 and Silas and Timothy, now they, now, they know where now they know where they are to go. Before they did not know where to go, but they knew where they were not to go. Okay? So, by, you know, God had ruled out different directions for them to travel. So now there's only one way, and that's west. You know, I find that interesting. Do you know the gospel has always moved west? I mean, starting in Jerusalem, what did it do? It moved through Europe, and then it came over to America. It gone from America on around. It made it to China. And where is it going back to next? Jerusalem. It's going to make a full circle. It's going to make a full circle. The gospel is going to go all around the world, and Christ is going to come. It's, it's making its way to Jerusalem. I'm telling you. God, God is bringing all this to pass. So anyway, 
Let me get fun with this message this morning. All right, so so Paul, Paul and them, they're directed to go west. They have a clear vision. They have clear direction. They're not going to hesitate. They, 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 they immediately, they head over to Macedonia. So who is this Macedonian man that was, that was calling Paul for help? Do we know? No, we don't know. I've heard some people talk about maybe it was Luke, and I don't believe it was Luke at all because uh, Luke was, uh, I don't believe Luke was a Mace- from Macedonia as far as I remember. Uh, but anyway, we do know this. We do know that, that this is the point that Luke joins their missionary trip. He does do that. Uh, and the reason that we know that is from, from here on out, we find the use of the plural personal pronoun we, whereas before it was they. If you'll look there, you'll see it. Uh, we were uh, in verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia, and then when you get down here to where, where Luke joins them, he says, we. All right? So it changes. All right? So immediately we endeavor to go into Macedonia, and assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I mean, it's it's so good when God gives you clear direction. I tell you, I, I'm so thankful for God doing that because there have been a lot of times in my life where I didn't know where I was supposed to go next. And before I came over here, I, I had to have I had to have a clear direction. I've said before, you know, I didn't want I didn't want to I didn't want Lucas to have an easy time leaving here because I I, I wanted to make sure that it was God leading Lucas and not Lucas leading Lucas. So I wanted to be careful so I didn't just jump at the chance. I kind of tried to keep him from doing it a little bit. And once he had, I wanted to make sure it was God, not just me. So I hesitated until God showed me, you know, this is where you need to be. So, uh, you know, you got to be careful when you're following the Lord. You can't just jump at something. You need, to, you need to pray about it. You need to make sure that God is leading you. So praise God when you get that leading. It's a relief because you know you're going where God wants you to. So next we see where the route that they took. Look at, in Acts 16, verse 11. All right. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. They're sailing. They're going from island to island. All right. So to make it from Troas to Neapolis, and they did it in a day, you got to understand that in that part of the world, that sea is flowing from west to east. The current is coming against them as they're traveling. So in order for them to make that trip in a day, they had to have favorable winds at their back in order to sail into a current. You know what that tells me? That tells me when God gets you going where he wants you to go, God's going to provide what you need to get there. They went against the current, and they made it in a day because God put the wind behind them to go where he wanted them to go. Again, everywhere they had gone, they faced a brick wall. Stop here. Stop there. Don't preach here. Don't preach there. Why, God, this don't make sense. God said, go that way, and everything's perfect. We waste so much time trying to do things ourselves in our own way. We, I think we probably miss so many blessings. Let me finish this message up by giving you some thoughts. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go and what to do, number one, don't try to outguess God. You'll never get it. Again, you'll never get it. You'll make the wrong decision. I know it's hard to wait, but that's what we have to do. Secondly, again, don't try to do things your way. Don't be bullheaded. Don't make God have to literally put you in an uncomfortable position because you are fighting him. If you continue to resist God and to go against God, God's going to have his way, friends. I want you to know that. God, God ain't going to be messed with. God, God is, his plan is going to work. You know, either we can go along with God and have his blessing and his favor and have the best of our life, or we can try to fight God, and, and, and God's plan is still going to go forward. You know, God, God would gladly lead you down the road, but God will drag you across the rocks by your ankles if he has to. He don't want to. 
He's going to take you to wherever you want to go or where he wants you to go. He'll take you willingly or unwillingly. You know, I, I, I remember being told that as a kid. You can either go with me and smile or I can carry your hind end up and you can go crying. One, well, two, which way you want to go? Amen? You know, that's the way God deals with it. God would rather us be happy and go with him and everything go good. And I think that's why he was so merciful just to stop him. He didn't let him go further and get into something. Kind of like when you, you know you take a little kid bowling. Y'all ever go bowling? Take a kid with you, and they put them buffers up. So that way, when they throw that ball, it's going to hit the pins. It's not going to go in the gutter every time. God put bumpers up for Paul and me. Once, don't go that way. Go this way. He's guiding us. Do you see the mercy and the love of God and the, and the gentleness with which God uses us and, ta- and takes care of us and guiding us through life? I know Paul wound up in jail. I understand that, but that's part of God's ministry too. Talking to my friend yesterday, and he's been to China on several mission trips. And we were t- I, I, I was talking about this very thing. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, God, God led them in a favorable direction. I said, and they all went good, and then they went to jail. <laughs> I said, but that's part of God's plan. He said, yeah, over in China, they call that seminary. If somebody had been gone for six months, said, where you been? I hadn't seen you in a while. I said, I'm in seminary. He went to prison. That's what they called it, amen. That's where you learn to trust God's in prison. So don't try to outguess God. Don't try to do things your way. Number three, don't go forward without God. That's a terrible, terrible, lonesome place to be. Don't try to do things in your strength. Don't try to do things with your reason. Follow God. Submit yourself to him. Say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to do it. Show me, and I'll do it. If you'll humble yourself like that and admit that you don't know what he knows, what does he say? Come, let us reason together from the scriptures. God wants to show you. He wants to teach you. But don't go forward without him. Number four, be still and seek to hear his voice. I was sharing that with Donnie the other day. You need to get away from the television set. Don't try to read your Bible with the TV going. Do you know why? You may know I ain't watching that. But you're letting something compete with the Holy Spirit of God. You're saying, God, that television over there is more important to me than you are. Turn that sucker off. Turn that radio off. Don't sit there and listen to country music while you read your Bible. Oh, I'm getting there, sister. I'm coming there. And I know what everybody's going to say, too. My Bible's on there. I've heard it a thousand times from a lot of people I love. My Bible's on there. But this is the Word of God. That's an electronic copy. This is the Word of God. This is the written Word of God. That's the electronic Word of God. Well, it's the same. I understand. And I'll grant you that. This Bible right here, I can't flip back here in the back and find Facebook. I can't, I can't look back over here and find Twitter or TikTok or Instagram. I can't, I can't get on Amazon over here around Ecclesiastes, you know. Check Pinterest to see what's trendy. I can't do that in my Bible. You got that phone, guess what you're going to do? Your mind is going to drift to something you meant to look at yesterday, and you'll be over looking looking and seeing what kind of deals they got somewhere. I'm not lying to you. You can do it in your Bible. You can be reading your Bible and get down there and read 50 verses, and you go, what did I just read? I was thinking about my shopping list at Walmart while I read that entire passage, trying to get nothing. I'm guilty. I hope you all are too. Hope y'all admit it, because I'm guilty of it. <clears throat> you have got to shut it all out. So what about my family? Get away from them for a little while. Why our kids? When they go down for a nap, wake up before they do. Stay up later than they do. Whatever you got to do to get somewhere where it's just you and your heavenly father and sit down like a child put all your boss man take your boss man shoes and clothes and set them aside and be a humble little child and sit at your father's feet and learn from him 
be still and seek to hear his voice. And, and, and number five, be patient. God doesn't get in a hurry. Paul, Paul was probably frustrated. I, I mean, he's a man. I can't imagine he wasn't frustrated. I get frustrated just going through a normal day. I don't know about y'all. God help me. Pray for me. I don't like being frustrated, but it happens sometimes. I'm sure Paul was frustrated. But you know what? He didn't give up. He waited on God. And you know what? As soon as God spoke, he was ready to go too, wasn't he? And lastly, like I said, let me go through them again. Don't try to outguess him. Don't try to do things your way. Don't go forward without him. Be still and seek to hear his voice. Be patient. And lastly, be willing to obey when he shows you what it is he wants you to do. That's the secret to success as a Christian, folks. That's the secret to, to walking in the will of God. Let's stand together. Amen. My heart's desire for you is that you grow as a believer. You know, I'd love to see every every seat in here filled. I really would. I'd love for us to be talking about a building program because we're so packed we don't have anywhere to put people. That'd be great. But I can tell you, more important than all that is you growing as a believer. You growing stronger day by day as a believer. Because the, the more strong you grow as a believer, the more able you are to help somebody else who's, who's weak or just, just coming into the family of God or somebody who's not saved, help them into the family of God and disciple them like I was discipled, like somebody discipled you. We need to be patient and realize our lives are not about just living, 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 living for our own selves. No, we're here for God. Let's let him have us. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the message. I thank you for, Lord, this opportunity to preach. And, Lord, I just pray, Father, for each that are here. <clears throat> Father, I pray, Lord, that you would that you would speak to their hearts this morning. Lord, that you use the message in such a way, Lord, to bring about your will in our lives. Father God, I, I've done all I can do. It's all on you, Lord. It was all on you to begin with. So I pray you have your will and way, Father. I pray, Lord, you deal with our hearts and draw us to yourself and speak to us, reassure us, give us confidence that you've not left us, Lord, that we're, we're still walking with you. Lord, lead us throughout this path and help us to be good servants for you. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What number are we saying, sister? Seven, seven, seven. And we sing this morning, where he leads me, I will follow. I didn't hear my Savior calling. I didn't hear my Savior calling.